Good evening and welcome to the show. Well, two politicians have bravely stood their ground against the rising spectre of Nazism in Australia and dispatched it back to the sewer from which it sprang. We'll take legislation to Parliament to ban the Nazi salute in Victoria, said Premier Dan Andrews, because Nazis and their hateful ideology aren't welcome here. His opposition counterpart, John Pesuto, was equally strong and decisive, saying, quote, we need to take these strong, decisive steps to show that we will never support and that we will always oppose anything that is hateful or liable to incite hatred, unquote. Strong words. And exactly what Nazis were they referring to? Well, it's these blokes a gang of black-clad, mostly masked young men who comically marched into a rally being held by British women's rights campaigner Posey Parker. Well, to paraphrase the great Crocodile Dundee, that's not a Nazi. This is a Nazi. A ruthless, manipulative, ambitious and opportunistic psychopath who plunged the European continent into World War II, leading to the death of 35 to 60 million people. You'll forgive me for making assumptions, but I suspect the dozen or so losers who pointlessly provoked a crowd of protesters in Melbourne on Saturday are unlikely to be hosting the Australian equivalent of the Nuremberg rallies anytime soon. And I'll hope you'll also forgive me for failing to see anything Churchillian about Andrews and Pesuto's rhetoric in response to the men's Nazi salutes. Andrews and Pesuto are only pretending to be tough. If they really had any cojones, they would stand up for women's and children's rights against this psychologically unhinged transgender movement. But they won't. Do you really think they'd defend your rights if it didn't suit them? Posey Parker is one of the world's leading campaigners against men pretending to be women and using female spaces such as public toilets, change rooms and prisons, often with catastrophic consequences. She was joined at the rally on Saturday by Liberal state politician Moira Deeming, among other defenders of women's rights. The police did nothing to stop the Nazis marching in and stirring up the crowd of protesters. There is much speculation today about why the cops let the Nazis do their thing. I emailed the police today asking why the Nazis weren't arrested for inciting hatred which it's reasonable to say is the intention of a Sig Heil salute, which is a crime in Victoria. The police department's, the, the inciting hatred is the crime, not the Sig Heil itself, I should explain. The police department's response was, quote, people can salute. Well, no, they can't. If they are inciting hatred, that is the point. For the record, I don't think the salute or any hate speech should be against the law. If you are insecure and stupid enough to be racist, that's your problem. Decent people, which is most of us, will ignore you.
but opportunistic Australian politicians won't. They swoop on bigots like seagulls on chips, squawking and fighting over crumbs of deep fried mental junk food. Andrews conflated the Nazis with Posey Parker in this tweet posted on Sunday morning. Yesterday, anti-trans activists gathered to spread hate and on the steps of our parliament, some of them performed a Nazi salute. On the steps of our parliament? Well, it wasn't our parliament when he suspended sitting weeks during the so-called COVID pandemic and banned unvaccinated elected MPs from even entering the building at all. But Andrews knew the symbolic potency of men performing Nazi salutes on the steps of parliament and milked it for all it was worth. Adolf Hitler understood the symbolism of parliament too. He used the burning of the German Reichstag in Berlin by a lone Dutch itinerant on February 27, 1933 as an excuse to round up and kill the hundreds of communists who stood in his way of absolute power and introduced the Reichstag fire decree which abolished certain constitutional rights for citizens. I'm not saying Andrews is about to start rounding up his opponents and killing them, but there are definitely totalitarian elements to his style of government. And he trampled over our former rights of freedom of speech, movement and association during the pandemic. He equipped his own police force with the sort of vehicles, body armour and weapons that we previously only saw on television reports from Northern Ireland and China then set them loose on protesters pleading for an end to the world's longest and arguably harshest COVID lockdown. We now, know, we now know from excess death statistics that Sweden, which didn't lock down its citizens at all, saved thousands of lives by doing so. So the protesters were almost certainly right. The lockdown was pointless. Like many premiers, Andrews locked his state down until the citizenry had hit 80% vaccination against COVID. We now also know that not only do the vaccines not work, but they cause more harm than good. Only today, the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons called for a moratorium on COVID-19 injections, saying they are experimental and their long-term effects are, quote, cannot be known, unquote. Experimental medical practices? Wasn't that one of the crimes Hitler committed too? So it's audacious, to say the least, for Andrews to invoke the sanctity of Parliament while pretending to defend people's rights. Besides, the rights he is defending are for transgender people, including school kids, who can be encouraged to pursue their gender confusion by teachers while their parents know nothing. The Education Department says so on its website. Quote, the Victorian Department of Education allows schools to support gender diverse students under 18 to socially transition without parental consent. This is not some obscure bureaucratic edict. It is emphatically supported by the Premier himself. Quote, 
So to every trans Victorian, I say this, our government will always support you and will always respect you because your rights are not negotiable, unquote. Parental, ri parental rights are negotiable though. And just to rub it in, again, in the most symbolic way possible, Andrew's posted this video of the trans flag being hoisted outside parliament today. Posey Parker, by contrast, quotes the Bible while trying to empathize with those who wish her harm. All over, and they, I'm not a religious woman, but I'm reminded of the verse, uh, forgive them father for they, not know, they do not know what they do. And I just think all of those young people, they can't get houses, they're not gonna get great jobs for life. Uh, they've tried to find themselves a purpose that is not about doing, it's not about creating, it's not about anything other than just saying, I am. So once they say, I am non-binary, they can be brave and courageous without ever stumbling across a mountain. They don't have to write a book, they don't have to research something, they don't have to do anything remarkable at all to get social currency. And so, we have to I think one of the things we have to do as responsible adults is we have to change that. So there is something worth actually striving for beyond cutting your breasts off, uh, having short hair and calling it brave. That video was shot the week before the Melbourne rally in Sydney. And it's worth reminding you that just a hundred meters away was a mob who were yelling serious abuse at Parker, and she is not unfamiliar with death threats. So given her compassion, she, she could certainly teach Andrews a thing or two, especially about Christianity. But all of this is to some extent expected from the Labor Party, which has been overrun by identity politicians who, in the most Machiavellian way, are very good at what they do. But Liberal leader John Pasuto's response is what is causing the most despair among the legions of former Liberal Party supporters in Victoria and around the country. And it's this that I'd like to discuss with my next guest, guest Australian Jewish Association President, Dr. David Adler. David, welcome. Thank you, Fred, and uh, that's a fairly powerful introduction on an important subject. Well, it is a powerful issue and there's a lot to unpack here, and I'm glad you're here to discuss yeah. it with me. Firstly, David, let's just keep it light for the first question. Did the presence of those men making Nazi salutes in Melbourne on Saturday suggest to you that Nazism is on the rise in Australia? Uh, look, we have a small element of Nazism uh, across Australia. Uh, we've seen a small group uh, in New South Wales. Uh, they go and march around the Blue Mountains uh, in Victoria, around the Dandenongs in South Australia. Uh, I think it's in the Grampians. Uh, and they're an annoying, noisy group. Uh, this particular group is why we've bought into the argument, because there has been the allegation that the rally is association, associated with Nazis. And uh, we, we sought to clarify that. Uh, it was most peculiar, as you said, and there are videos that support this, 
that the women's rally had two opposing or two other groups that were not part of the rally. One were the trans activists, who for some reason had lots of green and blue hair. Maybe you can explain that. <laughs> uh, and the other group, the first group was held back by the police. Uh, they were not allowed to approach uh, the area of the women's rally. But the second group, which was somewhere around 20 uh, young men, face masks, black shorts, black shirts, black hats, uh, were allowed by the police to march in, in uh, formation, uh, do their Heil Hitler salutes and go up to the steps of the Victorian Parliament. Most peculiar. Uh, it made for uh, very interesting imagery and it does raise some interesting questions about what appears at least at face value to be um, quite odd policing. And you're spot on to ask the police for an explanation as to why they treated one group of interlopers completely differently to the other group. Uh, as far as I know, and as far as we can determine, neither the issues raised by the women at the rally, nor the people themselves, had any idea that this Nazi group would turn up and have no relationship at all with that Nazi group. Well, it's very unfortunate that they've been associated with it, given mm. that they have nothing to do with them. But it's very convenient for the Premier, Dan Andrews, because he would, he would almost certainly be the most pro-transgender or supportive of transgender rights Premier in Australia. And for the cops to stand down, let these guys do their thing, and then for the Premier himself to conflate their presence with Moira Deemings and, and Posey Parkers. It all looks like a setup, doesn't it? it? It looks dreadful, but let's remember that Premier Dan Andrews has form on this subject. Prior to the Victorian state election, uh, he smeared his political opponents as preferencing Nazis. Specifically, he said that the Liberal Party was preferencing Nazis. Now, the media were quite soft on him, and there were one or two questions. Uh, who are these Nazis they're preferencing? What is your uh, evidence that they're Nazis? And he just dodged it. Um, he said, oh, I'm not going to uh, honour them by identifying them. And that was it. So he's used the tactic in the state election with some success. And he's now using it against the Let Women Speak movement, and unfortunately, uh, with some success. Uh, the issues that we understand that they're raising uh, have nothing to do with Nazism at all. They're wanting to protect the integrity of women's sport. They believe that uh, biological men should not be competing against women in sport. They want to protect uh, certain private spaces like change rooms and toilets. Uh, they don't want men in prison, in women's prisons. And uh, as you alluded to, um, they're making comments about uh, children uh, being transitioned or encouraged or without parental consent, uh, etc. Now, you can't remotely say 
uh, any of those issues have anything to do with Nazism. And when you speak to them, I don't even think you can categorise them as anti-trans. Uh, well, I mean, if, but everything you say yeah. there, David, is, is perfectly reasonable and everything you've said has been said in one way or another by either Posey Parker or state Liberal MP Moira Deeming. Now, she, right. uh, her, her leader, John Pesuto, is now trying to expel her from the party. Shouldn't he stand by her instead? Well... There's a, there are principles in politics in, and in competitive life generally, uh, courage and loyalty. Uh, and regrettably, uh, he's showing a complete lack of courage and a complete lack of loyalty. In order to uh, eliminate one of your team members, they have to do something pretty serious. And I don't believe Moira Deeming, by turning up to that rally by speaking at it, by standing on the platform with other speakers, has done anything that remotely resembles a hanging offence. They're, they're trying to do a sort of a, a guilt by association that maybe Posey Parker has in the past uh, spoken to this particular person who is objectionable or that particular person who is objectionable and therefore Moira Deeming by being in a rally with Posey Parker is unacceptable. I, if, if you held that standard to everyone, Fred, uh, you could never have public meetings. Indeed, uh, you might go. Well, uh, I mean, a, a this is, I mean, these are these are techniques of of, of sort of political um, uh, uh, debate that are just purely um, ad hominem and extremely nasty. Now, David. I know you're well connected with, with some of the people in this uh, situation. What effect is it having on the people at the middle of this? Well, uh, I do know one of the organisers quite well uh, and I, I don't mind naming her and I don't think she'll mind me naming because Catherine Deves has been a guest at one of our events. We don't agree with 100% of uh, what she says, and she acknowledges that she said some rough and even inappropriate things in the past. But she makes some valid points in protecting women's rights, and whether you agree with them or disagree with them, um, as long as you're not inciting violence or hatred, um, she's got a right to, uh, to say those things. And she's absolutely distraught. Um, I, I got a phone call towards the end of the event uh, end of the rally in Melbourne. Um, she was very distressed. She wanted to let me know that the event had been crashed by a bunch of Nazis. Um, and it, it, you didn't have to be uh, a political genius to know that uh, the consequences of that is that the participants would be smeared as Nazis. Um, and you know, absolutely distressed. Well, you, I mean, you mentioned courage before. It takes enormous courage to throw yourself into these fights these days. I mean, just it wasn't long ago that the that what the let women speak uh, proponents were arguing for were perfectly uncontroversial. But now to say these things, you need enormous courage, don't you? Look, it's 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 nuts. And simply because we, I mean, we only jumped into the issue because uh, the Nazis turned up. 
and a Jewish organisation is best placed to make public comments and judgments as to the relationship with Nazism. So we made the point very clearly that the agenda of the women is not a Nazi agenda. In fact, it has zero to do with Nazism. And simply by making that clear distinction, we have received more thanks uh, on our social media. Um, many members of parliament and literally hundreds and hundreds of women have thanked us for standing up for uh, the rights of women to, to speak. Uh, we think that leveraging Nazism for this sort of political purpose is frankly reprehensible. Yep. It's disrespectful to uh, the real victims of Nazism. And you made the point in your introduction that tens of millions were killed by real Nazis. I mean, it's an obnoxious ideology. Uh, and to smear women who want to protect their rights as being Nazis is is right is quite disgraceful. Well, let's and look at let's look at another look at this from another historical angle and see if there isn't a, a more valid analogy analogy to be made. You are a former deputy medical secretary of the Australian Medical Association. Now, the Nazis were famous for conducting heinous medical experiments on people. Now, is it fair to say I wouldn't use the word heinous, but is it fair to say that transgender treatments and surgeries are also medical experiments? Well, there's a foundational medical ethic, uh, which in Latin is well known, primum non nocere. It means firstly, do no harm. Uh, and it applies to any medical intervention that not always do we do good uh, in healthcare, but at least you should not do harm. It's beyond debate that if you provide puberty blockers to young kids, uh, if you conduct surgery that removes breasts, that removes male genitalia, obviously you're doing harm. You're doing great harm. Uh, you are potentially sterilising um, these young people for life. And we know that at the other end, uh, some young people who have transitioned and who have grown up have regretted their decision and it causes uh, enormous damage. There is also the principle of informed consent. And that doesn't just mean uh, providing information, it means having the mental capacity and we judge that minors do not have the mental capacity to make um, serious decisions, life-changing decisions. It's just impossible to fully understand the implications when you're seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, et cetera. So uh, in a number of ways, uh, I, I think that uh, transgender programs uh, clinics that uh, are bringing in young children uh, are breaching very important established medical principles. And I, I don't know why it's allowed in Australia, frankly. Indeed, indeed, it shouldn't be. It should be. And the people responsible might one day find themselves facing the music. But let's just get back to the pol political side of it. I want to read you a quote from Liberal Party founder Robert Menzies speaking in 1974 at the age of 78. He says, 
I am old-fashioned enough to believe that principles adopted after much thought and much consideration do not change. The circumstances to which they are to be applied, of course, will change with the changing of circumstances, but the principles remain." Unquote. David, referring to the Liberal Party that, that means he's founded, what principles, if any, exist in the Liberal Party these days? I, I don't know what the Liberal Party stands for now. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I think that they have lost their way. I think that uh, Peter Credlin did a very interesting analysis on what's happened in Melbourne, that uh, any eventuality now, uh, the Victorian Liberal Party emerge as losers. Uh, if John Pesuto succeeds in the vote to expel Moira Deming, uh, she turns out to be a rock star. Uh, and they risk losing women's votes. Uh, they're struggling to keep women's votes. And here we have a group of women wanting to speak out and protect women's rights. And the MP at the front end of it gets expelled. Alternatively, uh, if he loses the vote, then they emerge as weak, that they, they're trying to do something, they can't implement it, etc. Um, I've spoken to some senior people in the Liberal Party, uh, conservatives who are shaking their head at what's happening uh, and are of the view that there is going to be more decline in the Liberal Party before uh, it re-evaluates the Menzies principles uh, upon which it was founded. Well, we those, have a, principles you know, have, those principles have dominated the country since the po in, during the post-war era, and it's a shame that there aren't that the Liberal Party itself doesn't seem to stand up for them. David, thank you so much for your time. Yep. Thank you, Fred, and uh, please continue your good work. It's very important to be have a forum to and yours these too. Views. I recommend I recommend all viewers follow David on Twitter. You can find him uh, if you search David Adler or the Australian Jewish Association. Always a good feed. Good on you, David. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, that's all from me tonight. Thanks for watching. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at, at Fred Paul, that's F-R-E-D-P-A-W-L-E, or follow ADH on at ADHTVAUS. And you can catch all the latest from ADH's rapidly expanding lineup, including Alexandra Marshall, Daisy Cousins, David Flint, Nick Cater, Lyle Shelton, and more by going to adh.tv or downloading our app, or find us wherever you get your podcasts. ADH is the new home for common sense commentary, and there's no shortage of things to comment about these days. I'll see you again tomorrow at 7 p.m. Good night.